official. Now the Warriors just inbound, and that's it. There's the new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. We, the North, are now we, the champions. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. Swung on and lined to deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Aaron Judge hit a line drive. Home run to left. A Judgean blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge. Another judgment day. Four unanswered points. Tough game here. And here is RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet. RG3. He's going to outrace everybody! World champion. World fucking champion! Three diehards, three cities, three opinions. Bringing you everything D.C., New York, Philadelphia. Trilogy Sports Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Trilogy Sports. This is your best podcast, your favorite podcast of the week. Uh, I am Shui, I am the D.C. guy, and here with me are my boys Nick and Matt. Say hello, fellas. How's it going, guys? What's going on, guys? I'm back this week full-time to babysit these two clowns. I heard yeah. uh, some discussions last week I'm excited to get into here. Yeah, there is a lot going on. There, so there's a lot of times, you know, doing this podcast where it's like, oh, I wonder what we're going to talk about this week. I mean, there's always something going on in sports. But this week in particular, there's so many different things to talk about. I'm super excited, um, you know, to record this. I, I kind of rushed home. These guys, you know, they choke. They made me choke down my dinner so we could start recording. I actually came home and found a um, mouse on the floor. Um, so my cat Beckham uh, catches mo- uh, mice like uh, Odell. Wait, catches what's mice. what's your uh, what's your cat's name? My cat's name is Beckham, and he catches mice like Odell catches touchdown passes. Is he moving does, too? Does he do that for New York still? Uh, yeah, actually, oh. um, my my favorite, you know, my favorite receiver. Yeah, so. Okay. <laughs> There's that. Um, you know, let's get right into it. Uh, on this episode, we're gonna we're, we have a lot to talk about. We've got the uh, NBA free agency preview, NBA draft preview. We're gonna talk about the Anthony Davis trade. We're gonna get into baseball. Some of our teams are doing good. Some of our teams are not doing so good. Some of our teams are star pitchers are bunting balls and breaking their faces. So we're gonna get we're gonna get into all of that. Um, but let's start off with you know basically the podcast we've talked majority about the NBA playoffs and let's put a little bow on the NBA playoffs as it's now over. The Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions. Uh, I, w- I don't want to say with an asterisk next to you know this championship, but obviously Kevin Durant being hurt, Clay Thompson getting hurt there in Game Six. I was cheering for the Raptors. I picked the Raptors, but when Clay went down in in Game Six. You know, I was like, oh, my God, not this way. Uh, you know, just in the moment, it was just terrible. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, won't put, I wouldn't put an asterisk there either. I mean, the Raptors, they worked hard. They beat tough teams in the East. So you got to give them their credit. Kawhi Leonard came and did what he was supposed to do. So they get, they get the credit that they deserve. I mean, you wish you could see them against a fully healthy or at least – 
uh, Clay Thompson on the team Warriors. Yeah, but... I, I think if Clay didn't get hurt in Game Six, we would ha- we would have had a Game Seven. Yeah. Oh, oh, most definitely, most definitely. So, I mean, I just, I, I obviously they're like what what could have been, but at the end of the day, the Raptors won, and kudos to them. Oh, not to t- not to take away from them. I mean, they're the first team since the eighty six eighty seven Lakers for to have six players averaging. 10 points or more in a final series. So they did it with one star player, obviously, but a very well-rounded team around him. Yeah. Like Chewie said, they went through a tough road. I mean, Celtics to the Sixers to the Bucks. I mean, that's not an easy road to the East. Uh, all three of those teams were good this year. The Celtics obviously didn't play up to expectations uh, going into the playoffs, but uh, the Sixers taking them to seven games. The Bucks was a, a tough series for them with matchup wise with Giannis. I mean, yeah, the asterisk thing, but, I mean, I took Golden State. I thought they were going to blow them away. And, honestly, is anyone else just happy that Golden State didn't win? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I, my prediction was wrong, but it's refreshing to see a new team win. Yeah. Especially especially for not, like, just people from the outside that say, oh, the NBA is so predictable. Oh, Golden State's going to win again. Why do I even bother watching? I mean, yeah, if Durant was healthy, they, they probably would have won again. But it's just it's refreshing to see somebody else win. And and the Raptors are really a team that you know is not there every year. It was a new, it was really new faces uh, for the most part. I think the most impressive thing, of whether or not Clay was there and Durant was there, the fact that the Raptors won all three games in Golden State. I think that's so impressive to win on the road in that arena, and they were plus thirty one points the entire postseason on the road. So Toronto, you know, they they, they really stepped up. Again, I don't want to take away from their championship. You know, in sports, these things happen. So. Kudos to the Toronto Raptors. Kudos to Kawhi Leonard, who just cemented his legacy even further. How about guys? How about Kyle Lowry? I mean, there was this guy. This guy's gotten a lot of this guy's gotten a lot of crap from a lot of people, and I think this postseason he he really cemented himself as somebody who you know he played big in the big in the big stage. Is it this postseason or a couple games? Because well, game one, Kyle Lowry has seven points. But yeah, but he his defense throughout the whole postseason was good. Game he, two, Kyle Lowry has thirteen points. I mean, I will say he played his well, role. Yeah, he did because like the way you have to look at it for this whole like their whole playoff run, Kawhi basically got them to the finals, and it was really the other guys that stepped up in the whole like the the whole series. So I mean, you got to give people like Lowry, Siakam, Gasol. Abaka, you got to give them their credit, especially Lowry too, because I mean, people obviously they get on him all the time, especially when he was playing with DeRozan. But I guess there were times here where he actually showed up and looked like the all-star guard that he used to be. And it was a different guy every night. You know, the first game it was Siakam. The la- game six, Marcus Sol had three points. But guess what? Uh, you know, uh, Fred Van Vliet stepped up. He he had an amazing series since his child was born. He just became a totally different player. Uh, Kyle Lowry in the in the first quarter was putting on an absolute clinic. Uh, you know, he finished with 26 points in game six. So that was the, the best thing about the Raptors was just they were a well-rounded team. Yeah. And obviously you had Kawhi as the guy, but around him, you didn't have that second guy, but you just had a well-rounded team who, you know, was capable of doing a lot of things. Their defense was tremendous. You know, they, they hit big shots. Fred Van Bleet broke the uh, all-time finals record for three-pointers, 16 
uh, three-pointers made off the bench, breaking the record of the great Robert Ory and the great J.R. Smith, who held that record previously. So Van Vliet stepped up. It was just an, it was an all-around great team championship. You don't see that often. Uh, the last the last few you know championships in the NBA have been you know superstar you know super teams. This was the first great team I'd say since the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, the Spurs, yeah, they they were a great team as well. But you know, like I said, it's been LeBron, it's been the Warriors. This was the first great team to win it in in quite some years. I mean, Nick, we gave you a tough time with your highlights of Steph Curry thing, <laughs> but it just seemed like he disappeared in the fourth quarter. They're at Game Six. Right there, he switches off of Fred Van Fleet with a couple minutes left in the game. Uh, Van Fleet comes up, hits a bucket, and then I mean, Steph Curry had a good look at the end of the game there. To I, I mean, I feel like if any other superstar is taking that shot and misses it, it's a bigger deal than yeah. Steph, who what's this? Their fifth straight final, fourth straight final, I'm- and he still doesn't have a final MVP. I mean, I agree. I, I think the narrative with the injuries was it's basically house money. It's kind of like how LeBron played in the, the finals a couple of years ago when uh, Irving and Love weren't there. He was basically doing it himself. So Steph Curry, I mean, I'm not going to take away from the guy. The guy is literally the greatest shooter in NBA history. He is one of the greatest ball handlers in NBA history. But it cannot go unnoticed that he cannot play defense to save his life. And you know what? Van Vliet, as great as he was on offense, I'll give him credit he, you know, Curry's obviously going to get his points, but Van Vliet did a great job of just playing pesky defense, following Curry around, keeping up with him. Curry does get a little bit of a pass. I mean, he's a flashy guy. He's an impressive guy. He's, like I said, the greatest. But in the big moment, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. In the big moment, he's not clutch. He's not. He, he'll hit the big three-pointer to get the crowd going. But in the, in the fourth quarter, in a big game, he has not hit the big shot, and he's not won a finals MVP. And without Kevin Durant there, he was unable to win the championship. My problem with what you guys were saying was that I, I don't want to give him a pass, but at the same time, it's not very easy for guards to carry a team for more than, like, for a whole series. Him. He can literally take a break on defense and just focus solely on offense. LeBron wasn't able to do that. Kawhi Leonard's not able to do that. Steph Curry can do that. He's that such a likable person that he gets the best. Yes. It's if hard he's in the media, them, uh, like some of these other guys, I mean, his wife. James Harden or Russell yeah, Westbrook. Like if he's one of these guys that just is notoriously not liked for almost no reason, he's not getting these passes. But it's because he's such a likable guy. Underdog story. Came from Davidson. What was he, the seventh pick of the draft? Yeah, eighth pick of the draft. People said he was going to be a bust coming out. He had all those injuries with his ankles when he started. And now top three, top four player, most people's minds. But, again, can you be there if you don't have the clutch gene that we've seen time and time again? He's not taking those shots or not making them. He's not winning finals and putting teams on his back. I feel like for a superstar, which we would label him that, he just gets a pass every time. Two things to expand on that. One – not that he's underrated, but Klay Thompson, I feel like, is the most underappreciated player in the NBA. Obviously, he's playing with Steph Curry and he's playing with Kevin Durant. But if you take Klay, Klay Thompson is just such a great player. He goes, not that he goes unnoticed, but I feel like he's underappreciated in that system. And, and Steph Curry gets most of the credit, I feel like, a lot of the times. And the second thing is, I heard, I think it was Jeff Van Gundy said it during the broadcast, that this Warriors team, the, the one that was on the floor at the end of the game, that they wouldn't have barely made the playoffs. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. If you take 
They uh-huh. still have they still have plenty of, of of guys. If you take Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant off that team, uh, I think that is still true. no excuse. That is still a capable team next year. Whether Kevin Durant leaves, whatever Clay Thompson's going to be hurt, those guys are not going to be there for most of the season. I don't know those, about all those, that, man. In the West, LeBron didn't come in with the Lakers. You're telling me that they're not going to make the playoffs? Is that team is that team more talented than LeBron's Lakers? As they were this year. Yes. Take out Le- Kevin Durant, take out Clay, and take well, out Kevin Looney. LeBron, mi- LeBron missed Actually, 20 games, and that's what changed everything. I- this, the Warriors will still make the playoffs without Clay and KD. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is probably gone, but. And Kawhi Leonard, um, obviously, is the guy who will be remembered. This postseason will be remembered for Kawhi Leonard. Board man, the laugh. Kawhi Leonard stole the 2019 playoffs and brought the Raptors this championship. Becomes the first player in NBA history to win an NBA Finals MVP in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Throughout the postseason, he averaged 30 points per game. Uh, he was just tremendous. Um, overall, I mean, he just cemented his legacy as a guy who is going to be remembered as an all-time great Truly remarkable. Yeah, I mean, going to Toronto, I don't think anyone thought was going to go as well as it did for him this year. Uh, I mean, he really solidified not only like him as a top-caliber player. I mean, we've always thought he was one of the best two-way players in the game last couple of years. But coming off, sitting an entire season out, and then putting the whole team on his back, going through tough competition through the East. I mean, he went through the Celtics. He went through the Sixers. He went through Milwaukee. And then say what you want about uh, Golden State being injured or not. Put up a show. He won. I mean, there's somebody out there who's going to go buy some new balances now because of what Kawhi just did in the playoffs. No, I 100% agree. Uh, I just – it's kind of crazy because I knew Kawhi Leonard was good, but I didn't know he was this good. That he basically took this Toronto team with Kyle Lowry. Uh, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Fred VanVleet, Danny Green. He took these guys and took them to the finals. Yeah, they played great in the finals, but I mean, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be there. Because uh, you know, if DeRozan was on this team, obviously they probably would have lost. The <laughs> Seen it before. <laughs> yeah, right. they might not have made it out of Boston. Right, right. So I mean, it's just it's incredible. But Boston didn't Boston lose to. Uh, Milwaukee. Was it? Oh, uh, yeah. No, you're yeah, right. Boston you're lost, right. I, I was yeah. wrong. You're right. Boston lost to Milwaukee, but I'm saying to like Kawhi Leonard, it's just, it's a real testament to how good he is and that the Spurs, I mean, now I get why they were begging him to come back because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this guy, he's easily a top two or three player in the league, maybe even number one. And how about Kawhi, the dynasty stopper? He, uh, he's prevented the Heat from winning uh, their third straight championship a couple of years ago with the Spurs, and now he prevented the Golden State Warriors from winning their third straight uh, this time. We're going to get into our uh, free agent predictions later on in the mailbag, but while we're talking about Kawhi, let's just give our predictions now. Where do you guys think Kawhi Leonard is going to end up? Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation before this postseason run. I don't think anyone thought that there'd be a chance that he would stay in Toronto. Uh, obviously, this run, this championship, the chemistry that's been built has changed a lot of things. Where do you guys think Kawhi Leonard ends up signing this summer? 
Yeah, I didn't think there was a chance he would come back to Toronto. Uh, I thought there was a one-year deal. Uh, Toronto went all in to try and win it this year. Uh, but now, the more I think about it, Toronto fits Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it's a quiet place for him, not a ton of media. He's got an entire country who's going to worship him at this point. They can pay him the most money. He doesn't have to deal with the national spotlight and going through all of the stuff that he really hates. I mean, he seems like a real simple guy. There's a lot of dollars talking to him, and it's best for his brand. I mean, at this point, if he never wins again in Toronto, no one's going to judge him, right? But if he wins to bring that country, that city, two championships, he's going to go down as a legend to do that. So for him, I think it's best for his brand. Plus, he's too nice. You can't – he's – Seems like too nice of a guy that he can't win an NBA championship and then just leave, right? I, I think it makes the most sense for him to stay there. Uh, me personally, I think he's gonna stay. I, I mean, I'd love to see him leave just to make the NBA interesting, but I also I really don't know at the same time because uh, Masai Ujiri was the one that brought him over, and Masai traded for him, traded DeRozan to San Antonio brought Kawhi to Toronto. So, and if the reports are true that the Wizards are trying to get uh, Masai from Toronto, if he takes that, I can't see Kawhi staying. But if he stays, then I can also see Kawhi staying because it's kind of like the architecture was the guy that built it. I can't see him leaving and Kawhi staying. It just doesn't, it, it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, there will certainly be – everyone will be after him. I mean, the Knicks are looking to set up a meeting. The Lakers are going to be interested. I don't think they're going to really be in it, though. I think the Clippers, the other team to keep an eye on, obviously he's he's from that area. But I, I think, you know, everything just, just meshed so well in Toronto. I think if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I might think about signing a similar deal to LeBron and Kevin Durant, you know, a three-year deal, stay with Toronto, see maybe in three years that team starts to age out and you want to make a change and you'll only be 30 years old at that point and then you can get another contract. But I think, um, you know, the, the timing, uh, everything that just went down, I think it, he needs to stay in Toronto. He's going to be worshipped, like you said, um, and, and like – you know, if you've been listening the past couple of weeks, none of us uh, really, you know, saw this coming before this this run. So, uh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, I think, is going to stay as a Raptor. I think that'd be best for him and his brand and Canada at this point. <laughs> We're 48 hours away from the NBA draft, and the Wizards don't have a GM. Well, I mean, right now we have our interim GM, uh, the guy they put in place when we got rid of uh, Ernie. But, uh, I mean, for now, trust me, when we get to the draft picks and when we start talking about, like, the Knicks drafts, like, (laughs) don't worry, we'll get to the Wizards real soon. I got some stuff to say. But that's some New York Jets type shit where you have uh, someone who picked the player who's not going to actually be – the head guy in charge in a couple like how do you not have a GM in place by now like, like it, does your coach I mean last year Brett Brown kind of took over on the Sixers and made the draft picks is your coach gonna stay long enough for these picks to matter for him well I'm that's a good question I really don't know what Scott Brooks what they have for him long term but for me personally I think that you just got to take the best available player so like it doesn't matter what GM comes in I mean right now they're talking about taking some guy from France and it's really making my blood boil because it's like, you got guys like bowl bowl there for you to take uh 
Romeo Langford. I mean, it's just it's annoying when I'm just seeing that they want to take some guy that I've never seen play and they're comparing him to Pascal Siakam and Al Farouk Aminu, but that's not what I want. I want Bol Bol. So, I mean, it's just right now we'll see in two days or we'll see, what is it, tomorrow? 48 Uh, hours, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, the podcast drops what tomorrow. Yeah, so. it'll be Thursday night. If you got, if you, if the Wizards want a French player, um, Frank Nilakina is available. We'll, we'll you know t- what's funny? I actually saw a deal for him and the third pick for Bradley Beal. I almost <laughs> lost my. <mind. laughs> you want to make that trade? I, we'll do it right now. I, I literally almost lost my mind, bro. Like, oh my god. The uh, the NBA draft certainly does shake up the league, and we're gonna talk about the draft preview in just a second. We're also gonna get into some Knicks draft history, which. Uh, it makes my my skin boil. But speaking of shaking up the league, uh, the trade that took place the other day, Anthony Davis has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. In return, the Pelicans basically got the entire Laker franchise. Draft picks out the ass. The uh, fourth overall pick this year, um, they got uh, Brandon Ingram. They got Josh Hart. They got Lonzo Ball. They got LeVar Ball. So they got a lot in return for Anthony Davis. I think this is going to, you know, cause a little controversy. So let's get into it. Obviously, you know, I'm a big LeBron James fan. Uh, I know you guys weren't, uh, Matt, you specifically weren't as big on this trade. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this trade and what it means for both teams. All right. I think I'm in the minority by saying the Lakers overpaid. Uh, And here's why. Before, I know this is going to cause some debate here. So, look, you gave up Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, which, Nick, you're not high on Lonzo Ball. That's fine. I mean. People weren't high on D'Angelo or – I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. And look what he turned into as soon as he got to Brooklyn, got away from the Lakers and grew in the league. I mean, you have these 19-year-old kids coming out, not a chance to play yet, and you're already quitting on them. But that's fine. I'm going to regress there. If you give up that – and Josh Hart is a good quality player, regardless of what you want to say about him. Yeah, good role player. player. And four picks with the rights to swap. And, I mean, these picks – they're protected, and if they don't translate, they're unprotected the next year, which you can say that doesn't matter because you're going to have our draft picks that are going to be in the 20s because you think this team is going to be so good. But let's say LeBron gets hurt or AD gets hurt. This team didn't make the playoffs last year when one of them got hurt. And Anthony Davis, I mean, has he really – yes, he's been great, but he's never taken a team to the playoffs by himself and ran through it. So – you get to a situation where you could be giving up high-quality first-round picks. This just reminds me of when Brooklyn gave up everything to get those three pieces from the Celtics, and it took them six, seven years to turn their franchise around. But they they got aging Kevin Garnett, aging Paul Pierce. The Lakers are getting, in his prime, 25-year-old, top five player in the NBA, Anthony Davis. Yes, but they gave up 26, and they gave up every – good contract they had on young deals. How are they going to fill out this roster? So, so right now they're trying to clear space to make another max deal. But then in the NBA, when you get to a max deal, you're allowed to sign vets. Over, you can go over the cap to sign vets at the minimum. But how many players are going to want to go there? Well, I, here's the thing. I, I don't think they should sign any more maxes. I think they should, you know, spread out the roster. And I'll get into that in one second. But in terms of the trade, listen – LeBron James came to the Lakers. The Lakers knew when they got LeBron James, he was going to you know, come in and he was going to get his way. They were not building for the future. LeBron James came in last year. They assembled 
a, a bad roster around him. They they put you know other ball handlers around him. LeBron James needs shooters around him. He doesn't need Rondo or Lonzo Ball. He needs shooters around him. He needs other guys who can make plays. They so LeBron James took last season and just got into LA. And you knew that he was going to come in and he was going to get his way. The Lakers made a decision. Forget about long-term. They are here to win championships now. If they don't end up winning championships, the trade is horrible. But they acquired – they now have two of the top five players in the NBA, and they have more money to build around them. They have got plenty of players available. I'm just going to – I'm going to throw out some names here who I think would be amazing fits with the Lakers. I, I don't want them to give a max to Kemba or anyone uh, – no more maxes. Boyan Bogdanovich would be a great fit as a, a space to four three point shooter. LeBron could kick out to him. He'd be a great fit. A JJ Redick, a Danny Green, a Rudy Gay, Marcus Morris, a Miritich, DeMarcus Cousins would be a great fit. He, him and Anthony Davis had some good chemistry together in New Orleans. I think he would be a great fit with this team. There are so many options. You build a team around two of the best players in the NBA. I, I, I think it's a home run. On the other end, I think it's a good trade. For, it's a good trade for the Pelicans too. But the Lakers did what they need to do, and they made their team better for the next three years. Are you done? <laughs> no, really. Are you Are you done? Because I'm not done. But because uh, I remember last summer when they finished filling out their team, and you told me guaranteed they were going to make that at least the Western Finals. I know. I said. Well, did you say it, that? Did Did you say that? Maybe a top four team in the West. And guess what? They were good. They were on their way to being one until LeBron James got hurt. And then even when he came back, they sucked when he came back. They were not. He they turned on playoff intensity with 20 games left, and they were garbage. Guess what? The guy has played eight straight finals. He's played extra seasons every year. He has so much mileage on his body. He took the year to recuperate. He's going to oh, come did out he? this he year took the better year to, than Did ever. you talk to him? Did you ask him about that year off? LeBron James – did not need to come. He came to the Lakers. You're last giving him year. the Steph Curry pass right now. You're just making excuses. I don't need him. to give him a Steph Curry You're pass. Making him excu- You're making excuses. Finals. He was in the finals for eight straight but years. But he wasn't Stop last year. So what's that have to do with oh my God. Oh, my God. He's horrible. He, he missed the finals one year. The finals. He missed the playoffs. Okay. Name a player in the, in, in the NBA who hasn't missed the playoffs. That's not the Look, question here. It's did he – you pr- said they would at least make the finals. He missed 20 games out of an 82-game season, and Look they missed the playoffs. Look who was around him. Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee. The same he, players that you were saying were a good fit last year, and they were going to be at least fourth in the conference. Okay. If right? LeBron, like I said, if LeBron right, didn't wait, get wait, wait. Shui, not, Shui still has a point here. Let, let go, Shui go get ahead. his point in. Thank you. Now, for me, I think it's a good trade. It's not great. It's not bad, but it's a good trade. I think that the Lakers get the guy that they wanted. Anthony Davis, Matt, to your point, I actually disagree. He Remember, they did sweep the, what was it, the Trailblazers last year in the first round of the playoffs. So to say that he can't take a team to the playoffs, that right there, he swept the number three seed in the Trailblazers. So clearly, he's he he's a good play. He's a great player, top five player, maybe top six or seven. But I think that that's great for the Lakers. They got the guy that they wanted. Now for the Pelicans, they got a plethora of players and picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got a bunch of young guys that they can pair with uh, uh, Drew Holiday, and they can build something there when they get Zion Williamson. And I, I, I like that. That for right there for them. They got all the picks. I think it was three picks in the next, what, like seven years or so. So 
that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. The only thing I can say for the Lakers is the money thing. I guess they did the deal when like a little too early. Like I think they said that they had waited a couple weeks. They were going to be able to max out another player, but now they can't. So I guess I guess it's okay as long as they surround them with shooters. So we'll see how it goes from there. We'll see what they do within the next month. That was the problem, though. The Pelicans wanted to get the trade done before the draft. That way they could they could select who they wanted. So what. technically the deal's not done yet. It's just an agreement. They can right. decide to pull the trigger whenever they want. So the way it sits right now is the Pelicans can pull the trigger and say, all right, we're ready, and the, the Lakers have to either decide yes or no at that point or risk something else happening and maybe not making the trade. But the Pel- I guess something's worked out where Anson Davis is willing to waive some bonus he's supposed to get, and it would clear up cap space for the Pelicans um, if they do the deal right away. That way he can try to get another max player there. Uh, which I mean, it's like last minute. You, they definitely worked this out before they made the trade. I can't imagine them not getting it unless the Pelicans are just trying to slap the Lakers in the face at this point. One last push at Anthony Davis. And whoever gets drafted tomorrow at number four is going to come on the stage wearing a Lakers hat. Yeah, and because the deal is not going to be done. But you have to imagine at that point the Pelicans are making that pick. Exactly, exactly, right, exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's a huge risk re- reward for, on this trade. But what do you, what do you think, Shuey? What, what do you think about like what I said about filling the, the team? Obviously, you have two centerpiece players and then filling the roster around them. They've got plenty of, of space to add – you know, a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, a guy like Bogdanovich, just good players like that, and then some lesser players. And don't forget, they still have Kyle Kuzma. I think, I think LeBron is going to come out with a vengeance this year. He, he, for the first time in years, had a, a kind of rested. He had the summer to clear his mind. He didn't have to make a late playoff run. I think he's going to come out. And with Anthony Davis, I think they are going to be the team to beat in the West. I think you're right. I, I think I don't know about DeMarcus Cousins because I think he's looking more for a long term, uh, a bigger deal. I, I don't think he's going to take less money. Uh, I also think that they're going to go and try and get shooters like your J.J. Reddicks, your Seth Curry's, your Danny Green's mm-hmm. to surround. Like I said before, to surround them, these two guys with shooters, they're going to need a point guard. I'm not too sure. I, I don't think Rondo's on the team like under contract. So they're going to need another point guard. I think – sorry to interrupt. I think a good fit would be Patrick Beverly. I like I, – I just like his, his hard his hard nosed attitude, his great – I think he'd be a good a good player for that system. But yeah, I mean, so it, it works. I, I could see that working. It's just uh, you would need – and LeBron also would be the primary ball handler. Exactly. So you don't I mean, necessarily need a point guard as a ball handler. Realistically, with $28 million, they can sign three of those players, maybe they still have a, a lot of roster room to fill. I mean, yeah, we talked about why... teams being super top-heavy and LeBron wearing down, maybe not being able to put in the minutes he's put in previous seasons. I, you're going to have a very top-heavy team with your best player also being a big man that you don't necessarily want putting in a ton of minutes early in the season. What no, you what they, you just described? They were, saying, they were also saying that they're trying to get acquire a bunch of second-round picks. Yeah, to so, fill out. So they can fill out the roster. And they can also – get like Kuzma Kuzma and maybe AD they can run that second unit so really you don't and AD's young Kuzma's young Kuzma's like what 23 24 uh AD's 20 
all these mileage and blah blah blah. See, I'm not. I'm just saying. I mean, that's a, a lot of weight to put on your knees as a big man, constantly going up. I mean, Anthony Davis is playing both sides of the court. He's not a, an offensive. He's doing both. So it's just something Matt, early in the season. You're not going to want to put a lot of miles on. Matt, Matt, to go back to what you just said about a top-heavy team, about a, 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 a building around a center who puts a lot of mileage on his knees. You literally just described, just described the, the Sixers. Sixers. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> So you, the Sixers were the perfect example of building a top-heavy team. I think that LeBron James, and, and if you want to argue with this, go for it. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James are a better players to build your team around than any person that was on the Sixers. You're I saying those two are better than the four players the Sixers just ran out last season? Not, not the four. Because, well, I mean, look at pick any matchup you want between Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid destroyed him every time they've played together. Just Anthony Davis is not a Embarrassed. Uh, Embarrass Anthony Davis bro, every bro, time. Bro, he's more of a four. Look up the stats. Look at the numbers. He's more of a four. I'm taking, I'm taking Anthony Davis over Embiid any time, any day. It's, to me, it's because Embiid, obviously the health, but Anthony Davis can get me, what, 30 and 15 every night. Embiid, I just don't know what I'm going to get with him. Sometimes he might get it, sometimes he might not. And Anthony Davis... Durability, availability is the best ability. I don't so, think Anthony Davis has played a full season his entire career yet either. So, well, this season didn't really count. Yeah, I, I mean, even not adding this season, he hasn't played a full season. He's played a lot. He's, played, he's played a lot more than Joel and B. That's for sure. They won the. They swept the Trailblazers last year. What are you talking? Yeah, that's about? how I'm. They swept them. I said hasn't played a full season. But like, what you, miss yeah, a but gap? What, what does miss, he have to play all eighty-two? No, but you, we're season. saying oh, Joel and B's health, but Joel and B played. Pretty much this whole season, right? Okay, that's one season. Okay, he played a major- almost all of last season. Anthony Davis has played at least 60, so. Joel Embiid missed really games. the first two seasons in the league. After that, he really hasn't had any serious health concerns. No, no, that's a lot. And Anthony Davis has played sixty plus games in every season, but the one that we just had. So I don't know what you're. And that was and that wasn't because of injury. That was because of the whole team situation. Where yeah, they were but my point, is, you got. The whole thing of oh, Embiid's injury prone, but he just since he started playing in the league, he hasn't missed significant time. Like he missed the first two years, that was it. Uh, Embiid, Embiid's great. He, he's a great player. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not saying Anthony Davis is better or Joel Embiid's better. I'm saying when they play face to face, look at the numbers. Answer me this question: Were the Lakers going to win anything with that team that was assembled last year? Were, were they going to win a championship within the next couple of years? No, they weren't. With Anthony Davis, with this trade, they set themselves up. They're in a better position now than they were last week to win a championship. Obviously, they have to build a team around these two guys. But with Kuzma and Anthony Davis and LeBron and all the money available, I think they've set themselves up in the short term. Obviously, long term, this is a better deal for the Pelicans. But short term, if the Lakers win a championship in the next three years, the trade's a success. Yeah, I mean, you could easily say if they win a championship, it's a success. I mean – <laughs> but yeah, all right, let's. There's no that's way. Like there's saying, no, any te- any trade, well, any team. Oh, if we win a championship, it's a success. There's no course. way to determine. But there's no way look, to determine now if it's. A, it's we successful. we got to wrap this up and move on soon. All I'm gonna say is exactly what you said. There's a three year window, and after that, if they don't win anything, this is gonna be a look back on as a horrible trade because they've set themselves up to give away any asset they have moving forward for the next five years. I agree, and Frank Vogel will lead them to victory until he gets fired mid season for Jason Kidd. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, real quick, before the NBA draft preview, uh, 
another trade that is going to be in the works. Uh, we want to talk about it real quick. You said this was an action packed show. Uh, Chris Paul rockets. Uh, Chris Paul is basically came out and said, Hey, you're either trading me or you're trading James Harden. The relationship is in, unsalvageable at this point. They will not, you know, be together playing together. Something happened. I don't know if, you know, the, the thing about the kitchen, whatever, that's obviously not, <laughs> that's obviously not the problem, but uh, you know, a big shouting match at the end of game six and throughout the playoffs. What do you guys think? Who wants to take on Chris Paul's huge contract at this point? Nobody. The Rockets don't, don't even want that contract. I don't think he's going anywhere. I saw just a few hours ago that uh, it wasn't true. I guess he tw- he commented on an Instagram post and said, this is news to me. <laughs> and uh, GM Daryl Morey also said, this is news to me as well. So I don't think it's true. It was I mean, Bleacher it Report. True. Yeah, it might be true, or he could just be lying, but I don't think he's going anywhere. And I don't think anyone's going to want a 30 – what is he, 36, 30, 36 or 34? When it – who cares? He's too old. To he's getting forty-two million dollars kind of next year. Yeah, he's too, he's too old to get that kind of money. It could have so. it could have been a report just put out there to try to get feelers out and see you know if anyone is interested. I mean, the only tempting thing would be basically if you take on that contract, you don't really have to give up anything in return. You you would think. So I don't want to bring this up, but for the Knicks, you know, if they have all that cap space, you know, if they get Chris Paul basically for nothing. And they don't have to give up anything, you know, depending on if they make other moves. But, you know, I don't think I don't think Chris Paul is going anywhere. But it, the it, Rockets it, aren't going to eat that contract. It's just, Bro, there's so much money. It just doesn't Chris fit, Paul's though. Trying to win. And I'm Why pretty sure he has a no there? trade clause. In the NBA, you have like that weird thing where you can like block trades or whatever. If you played so many years, whatever it is, there's no way he's going to a non-contender. And there's no way the Rockets are going to eat all of that contract. They would put tie their hands behind their back to sign anybody. So why do that? So transitioning now into the NBA draft, which is going to be Thursday. Um, obviously, the top of the draft, we know Zion is going to the Pelicans. We know John Morant is going to the Grizzlies. The question kind of starts, I guess, at number three with the Knicks. You would think this is a no-brainer. You take R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett has the potential to be a, a, a very good player. His athleticism, his size, I think he could be a great player. The Knicks apparently are very high on uh, Darius Garland who only played five games last year. Please, Knicks, I just beg of you, do not overthink this. Just take the best player available. Just just don't just don't overthink this. Well, I mean, yeah, I think you got to go with the uh, the best play- available player. R.J. Barrett, it seems like it's a top three and then everybody else. But right now I'm hearing a lot about this Darius Garland guy. I mean, he only played, I think it was four games at Vanderbilt. So, I mean, it just it's it's kind of worrisome if you're a Knicks fan because you're like, these guys have done drafted so many stupid taking so many stupid picks, like so many stupid players that didn't make sense. And now when you finally have another top pick, you you're actually gonna pass up on the guy that everyone thinks is a, a, like they can play right now the probably the most NBA ready player apparently. I mean, I, I don't know. I think Zion is, but we'll see. That's to be determined. But RJ Barrett, I mean, I don't know how you guys can pass on him. You, you want to play a little game and let's just uh, take a stroll down memory lane and I'm going to rattle off the Knicks uh, draft picks from the last 
10 to 15 years, just throw, throw out a, a comment or just feel free to laugh, whatever, whatever. You just shout it out. So 2018, Kevin Knox. I think it's too early to, to judge on him. 20, yeah. 2017, Frank Nielakina. <laughs> oh, my God. 2016, they didn't have a pick. 2015, Kristaps Porzingis. Okay. Good pick. I, I mean, I mean that, that's a, it's a good pick. It didn't turn out to be you know, as great as everyone envisioned, but it, it was a good pick. 2014, right. Clee Anthony Early. Who? Didn't he get shot? Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to move along. <laughs> 2013, this is actually for the value where they picked – at number twenty-four, they took Tim Hardaway Jr. That actually wasn't a horrible pick. I'll I'll give them that. That was that wasn't a bad pick. No, that, that, that's a good pick. Twenty twelve, uh, Costas Papa Nicolau. <laughs> uh, Twenty eleven, Amon Shumpert. He's a good pick. Decent player. Twenty ten, Andy Routens and Landry Fields. I was a big Landry Fields guy. Yeah, I remember. Oh, who I was, remember. Who, who was the other guy? Andy Routens. I don't remember him. Never heard of him. Uh, t- t- 2009, they missed out Steph Curry by one pick. Instead, they got the great Jordan Hill. Sure. Oh, the center. Okay, yeah, yeah With the okay. dreads, yep. Wasn't he on uh, the Pacers for a while? He was on yeah, the Pacers. Was, I think yeah. he was on the Lakers for a little bit. Uh, I'll rattle off just a couple more here. 2008, Danilo Gallinari. 2007, Wilson Chandler. 20, uh, 2006, a, a, a double dose, Ronaldo Boltman and Marty Collins. My God. 2005, Channing Fry, And we'll cap it off, one of the greatest drafts of all time, 2003, the Knicks ended up with Michael Sweetney. So, bottom line, the Knicks do not have a great history of draft picks. That is exactly why... They should not think outside the box. They should not overthink it. Just take the best player available. Chances are, because of our history, R.J. Barrett will turn out to be a bust. But if he does, at least you can't blame the Knicks. They, they would have done the right thing. Just take the best player available. Please, I'm begging you. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Tomorrow's the big day, so we'll see what happens. Shoey, for the Wizards, um, you've got Jared Culver, Cam Reddish, Kobe White, DeAndre Hunter. Uh, There's a lot of great players. I don't think any of those guys will make it to the Wizards, but kind of what are you expecting, hoping the Wizards kind of address in this draft? Well, like you said before, we don't have a GM. We have an active (laughs) GM at the moment. So basically, you just got to pick the best player on the board, and we won't know until tomorrow who the best player on the board is. Who I hope we take is, uh, like I said before, Bowl Bowl. Uh, Kobe White, I like him. I don't think we need a point guard because we have John Wall under contract for a long time. I'm hearing a lot about Nasir Little. I hope those, that's the end I hear of it. Uh, <laughs> what about Fletcher Mora from uh, Gonzaga? Like I said, I hope that's the <laughs> end. <laughs> No, but seriously, I mean, the Wizards, you know, we don't draft well. I mean, it's not as bad as the Knicks because we've taken Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, John Wall. We've had some good picks recently. Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, thank you. But, I mean, in the past, we two have picked some crazy, crazy bad people. I mean, or bad picks. John Vesely, uh, Chris Singleton, JaVale McGee, Nick Young, Jared Jeffries. That's also a Knicks legend. And uh, Kwame, <laughs> Kwame Brown. The great. Yes. So right now, tomorrow, we will see. I hope we get at least just somebody that's just ready to play and that can ball. Like, that's all I want. Man. But it's to be determined. 
Uh, if if the Knicks do something really stupid, you might get an instant reaction out of me, and it, it, it could possibly top the Daniel Jones pick. So we'll we'll see on that. Um, let's take a quick break. Uh, like we said, we have a lot still to get to. Um, let's get a quick break. Shuey will give his gambling tip of the day. He looks to bounce back from a rare loss last week, and then we're going to get into some baseball discussion. Uh, we'll be right back after this tip of the day. Hey guys, I'm back. I know it was a rough, rough, rough week we had last week. The Bruins, they let us down. I mean, shout out to the Blues. I, no one expected that, I guess. Maybe, maybe they did. I didn't. Uh, I know the people are upset, you know. And the fuck are you talking about? The fuck are you talking about? Look, look, look. Relax, relax, relax. I got you guys this week. I know, I know you're upset. I know you're upset. But this week... This time, we are going to switch gears, and we're going to leave hockey in the past. And this time, we're moving on to what I love. We call it football. And this is an American football. This is what the international people call as what we know here as soccer. And I'm going to tell you it's called the Copa America. It is the uh, South American uh, tournament for the South American teams. And right now, you know, I'm not very – I don't really give you guys parlays, but uh, this one – I think I got a good one for you. The next pick is I want you guys to parlay Argentina money line and Colombia money line together. It's free money. I'm telling you right now, Argentina has to win. They lost their first game against Colombia, and Colombia has to win because they're playing against Qatar, which is uh, a team in the Middle East. So, uh, yes, that right now, I know I, I failed y'all last week. The People's Champ is back. But right now, we're going to try and go 5-1. and one. So uh, make sure you get on that, and uh, let's do it. All right, guys, welcome back. That was my gambling tip of the day, gambling tip of the week. Make sure you get in on it. Uh, I want to bounce back from what happened last week. You know, the Bruins, they messed me up. They, 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 they dropped the puck, as they like to say. So uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> make sure make sure you get in on that. Right now, we want to switch gears to uh, MLB, talk some baseball for you guys, uh, fellas. Exciting times. Exciting times. I'm happy. I'm excited. What about you guys? All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who do, we want, who, who do we want to start off with? The good, the bad, the ugly? Let's go right down the run list here. We got uh, Yankees adding Encarnacion, the parrot. Oh, yeah. The parrot, man. Walk the parrot. I love it. Um, I, I love the trade. Uh, it came out, it came out of nowhere. The other night when I saw this trade, I was genuinely confused. Uh, I was like, where the hell is he going to play? Why? But you know what? They got him for basically nothing. They just took on uh, about $7 million. They, uh, the bet, I think the best part was they kept him from going to Tampa Bay or Houston. So that way we don't have to face him. He's in our lineup. He's a, he's a right-handed power guy. He leads the American league in home runs. But he's not a big strikeout guy. He actually only strikes out every 5.8 at-bats. So in comparison, Brett Gardner strikes out every 5.4 at-bats. So he's actually not a huge strikeout guy. Um, this is going to be his eighth straight season with 30 home or more home runs. And this decade, he has the most home runs. So I think it's a great trade. There's a lot of teams that could have used him. And uh, Brian Cashman works his magic again. Uh, let me just jump in real quick. I, I think we have to question – 
What's going on in Seattle? They're selling, man. They're selling Full hard. out, try, trying to get rid of every last dollar. And I think there should be a minimum cap in baseball. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that this many teams, the Orioles, the Mariners, can just bottom out. And, and, and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But look, I'm not going to blame them because their farm system but, isn't very no, good. They don't have no, a lot of exciting no. baseball. And they've made some horrible trades. I mean, you guys fleeced them for Jesus Montero years ago. <laughs> They took Robinson Cano and then got fleeced. I mean, not really fleeced by the Mets, but they didn't get much back from the Mets and that whole big deal there. Now they signed all these big contracts, guys that aren't playing well. Um, You guys just fleeced them again with Jesus or what the hell, Sheffield. Justice Justice Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, for Paxton. He's down in uh, double A right now. Yeah, I uh, mean, the Mariners might as well be – part of the Yankees farm system at this point. I feel like you guys are always doing a deal with them and the Mariners always come out losing. But shouldn't baseball look into this? Because I'm just wondering, how can you give up, like you just said, he leads the league in home runs. How can you give up someone like that for basically nothing? Because they want to not pay for him. I mean, if baseball's investigating, they got to start down in Miami. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I know. I get that. I get that. Because, I mean, I don't know what Derek Jeter's doing down there, but at the same time, it just it's weird to me that you can give up arguably one of your best players for pretty much nothing and like no one looks at them sideways. Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. Murderers Row two point is here. So Sanchez, Judge, um, Stanton, and Encarnacion, four of the top five home runs per at bat ratio since two thousand twelve. The lineup makes me giddy. We have guys that are going to be batting seven, eight, nine that will hit that would hit three in any other lineup. It, it, it's I'm so excited to watch this lineup. Stanton's back tonight. Judge is going to be back later this week. It is a lineup that just oh I, I can't I can't put into words. It's it's so exciting. <laughs> you sound like a kid on Christmas. It it, it, it is it is it is. Um, now one kind of negative from this was. Clint Frazier, who's actually having a great year. He's hitting 375 with runners in scoring position. He has 14 home runs. He got sent down to AAA to make room for um, for Encarnacion. You got yeah. a feel for him, man. Yeah. That's rough. And, uh, you know, he's had some attitude problems. But um, basically, you know, he was sent down. And, and this pre- pretty much signals the end, you would think, for him. He's going to be in a trade, most likely. Um, so, it's tough for Clint Frazier. Tough break for him. But, you know, they, they had to make uh, moves. And, and, and one more, you know, just quick roster corresponding move I want to address. With Aaron Judge coming back on uh, th- later this week, they've got to make another move. Stan, they activated today, and they sent down Talkman. That was an easy, easy decision. But now they have Cameron Mabin, Gio Urshela, Brett Gardner, and Austin Romine. That would be four guys on the bench. They have 13 pitchers. The Yankees like to have three position players on the bench, so the, the question is, do you get rid of one of your pitchers, send them down, or do you get rid of Cameron Mabin? If they get rid of Cameron Mabin, they can't send him to the minors. They will have to actually get DFAM. rid of Cameron. Yeah. Yep. And I think Cameron Mabin is a, a great fit for this team. He, he can do so much off the bench. He has speed. He's hit really well. He's a good outfielder. I would 100% keep Mabin on this roster. Chip Sessa to the moon. That guy – he must have blackmail on somebody. He's been on this team for four years. He is a bum. Get rid of him. You do not need 13 people in the bullpen, pitchers on the roster. Get rid of him. Keep Mabin. Keep Urshela. That's a nice bench to have. Uh, so that, that's totally what I would do. Cameron Mabin is 
is, is a nice piece. He fits well. He's done a good job for the Yankees. With five bats on the bench, though, how often are they getting in? No, just four. So you have the backup catcher, Romine. Okay. Gard- Gardner, Gardner Geo, yep, Maven. Yeah, just the, uh, those four. They, they've they've had three most of this. That's what they like. They like have three uh, back uh, you know backup position players. I think four would be just fine. Four is just tough in the AL, in my opinion. I but mean, here's, you're not you're not pinch hitting often. It's uh, tough to hold four bats. You have to keep. I think Geo. I mean, well, he, yeah, he that leaves you down with one third baseman. But you have DJ, and in a pinch, and Duhar could probably play. No, you base, got, right? you or got not at Duhar. Uh, the hell dd could play third right in a pinch uh, i'm sure I guess, if he's I guess. making the throw from short he can make the throw but, from but third, here, right? here's the thing here's the thing uh what, what if somebody else gets hurt again you know what if then you bring geo back up oh if you want to send geo down yeah I, yeah that's what i was saying you send geo down and, uh, over he gets to, yeah because I, I, look geo's such a young player he's not going to get consistent at bats right now he's going to get off days because you're going to want dj getting his at bats this lets him play every single day and just, wait to see what happens. It's just a shame because he's do, he's done such a great job. But I agree, and it's not like he's going to come in late as a defensive replacement for Lemay. Yeah, exactly, Lemay's a Gold Glover. I, I, I honestly, yeah, at this point, I think I'd rather keep Maven than Urshela. But I, I, I just would prefer to keep both. Um, and and real quick before we move on from the Yankees, I just want to give a shout out Masahiro Tanaka. Amazing complete game shutout yesterday in a big game. He always steps up. Um, tremendous. I have a hundred percent faith in him in the postseason. And right now, the Yankees actually have the lead, and this would be the first time since we've recorded. I think the Yankees have lost every single week on Tuesday while we record, so hopefully the bullpen holds on to this lead and we extend our lead in first place in the AL East. Things are growing great, and I'll be at Old Timers Day on Sunday. What's your guys' record in the last 10? Um, we are 6-5. and five. If we win tonight, we'll have won four straight games. Okay. So don't, don't worry about us. I I'm not. We, I was. Just, that was a serious question. Oh, okay. Stop no, taking yeah. it to heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We, we, we went through. <laughs> Jesus. A little, we, we went through a little rough patch, but now we're, we're we're back. We have a big series against Houston this weekend. But not to take a shot, not to throw a shot back at you. But let's talk about. We we talked about the good. Let's talk about the bad. Oh man, there's nothing to. T- I mean, injuries happen. That's fine. Bullpen injuries are disgusting. Our starting pitching rotation is disgusting. The Phillies are the most inconsistent team in baseball right now. I don't know how we're only two and a half back. This team should be first place, run away with the division if we had starting pitching. The but offense, that, but the offense, what... but the offense goes and they'll put up ten runs one game, and then they'll go three games where we get like four hit. It, it's absurd. There's no inconsistency, or there's no consistency. You're not getting a quality start. I, I can't tell you the last time the Phillies got a quality start besides Nick Pavetta's complete game. I, it's it's baffling. I I can't describe it. They don't make a move to get any bullpen help. The bullpen guys we bring in in the offseason, I mean, they get hurt. Robertson gets hurt. Sir Anthony Dominguez goes down. Pat Neshek goes down for a while. I mean, we've had a, a lot of back-end problems and we've blown a ton of games this year from the seventh inning on but our starting pitching it starts there it goes to the bullpen and then the inconsistent lineup we've got guys like scott kingery is batting 340 right now he was batting seventh and eighth the entire season because gabe kapler just refuses to shake the lineup up and now he's back to this thing he was doing last year where we don't have a consistent lineup guys are one week cesar hernandez is batting first now he's batting eighth one day he'll bat sixth. i mean 
Nobody's getting into a rhythm. There's no consistency. JT Realmuto's hurt now. It, it's just frustrating baseball. I mean, I, I, I thought going into the season, the Phillies rotation was not that great. Clearly, the, the, the GM thought that that was a good rotation, but it's been totally inconsistent. Nola has not been as good as he was last year. Arietta's been inconsistent. You've got Eikhoff, Pavetta, Eflin, Velasquez, whoever you want to throw out there. They don't have a, a great rotation. It's not no. that they're underperforming. These guys just simply aren't that good. And I don't know why the Phillies didn't go after Keuchel. I would, they're, they're uh, I think, $16 million under the luxury tax. They talked about spending stupid money in the offseason. Why would you have not gone after Keuchel? And any now, type of pitching. Any type of pitching. And they didn't now, sign anybody. Keuchel, Keuchel went to the, to the Braves. Braves. Yeah, and so who have just sport. overtook us after the weekend series. And it, it's horrendous. Contact has a lot of explaining to do when it comes to the pitching. Which, again, going into the season, Aaron Nola has been pitching better as of late. There was a lot of starting pitchers that shook up at the beginning of the year, weren't throwing great, which is fine. He's getting back into it. I'm not worried about Aaron Nola. From no. Aaron Nola on, it's an absolute fucking joke to watch his team play baseball. Down to the last out out of the bullpen. We have guys like Eikhoff and Pavetta who literally, you've seen them throw some of the greatest games, complete game shutouts, look fantastic. You're like, wow, why can't this guy put it together every single game? And then he comes out the next day. And he's just throwing batting practice. I, I, they lost by two touchdowns the other night. It, that was it's tough to watch some of these games, man. It, it, well, luckily, it's disappointing. It's, luckily, they, 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 they've been supposed to play the Nationals the last two days, and those, those games got rained out. Real quick before we tra- uh, transition on to the ugly, uh, it wouldn't be an episode of the podcast <laughs> if I didn't um, you know, say something about Bryce Harper. So you know, here, here I go. Um, I'm actually not going to say anything bad about him, but I'm just going to say, instead of addressing the starting pitching, instead of addressing the bullpen, they threw that much money at one guy. They threw $24 million. Maybe I I want to come back to that number. It's $24 million. And Bryce Harper has 50 RBIs already this year. And he's not going to even sniff the all-star game. Hey, he's right outside of it right now, but that's fine. He has 50 RBIs. You know how many players in baseball have 50 RBIs right now? Not many. He's in no, the top 10. That's, that's fine. I, I think the bottom line is the Phillies pitching is the problem. Yeah, um, it's absolutely the problem. That and, and health. I mean, and, we have guys like Roman Quinn playing. We have Andrew Knapp behind the plate who might be the worst player in baseball. And to be completely blunt and honest with you right now, if I watch Sean Rodriguez play baseball again, I might jump off of the Walt Whitman Bridge. I – it is pitiful. You guys, where's where's Brad Miller, the big acquisition you got from the Yankees a farm system? He's been on like five teams in the last three months. I don't think he's played a single game for a shit. He's in the big league roster. I just don't hey, think he's touched the field. What makes it worse is that the Braves have won 15 out of 18. They are just red hot. Yeah. They've got so many good young players. But the division, the Phillies just something happened. Um, let's move on to the ugly. Uh, the, the Nationals. I'll just we, throw it over to you, but I just want to throw out Patrick Corbin. Last three starts, he has an eleven point three seven ERA. Uh, not to mention, he's given up twenty two hits, seven walks. He's only had thirteen strikeouts. I mean, hmm. uh, you would think when we signed him, honestly, you thought this would this would be like the perfect remedy. We lost Bryce Harper. We brought in some nice pitching. But, I mean, clearly, he's just – he ain't it. I mean, clearly, it's not working. And this team right now, 
the only hopeful thing for me is voting for Rendon for the All-Star game. And please go out and vote for Anthony Rendon. You know what it is. Um, <laughs> but all seriousness, we, we just played the, uh, the Diamondbacks. We split that series. It's kind of hot and cold. Before we were winning games, we, were, we beat the uh, Padres and we beat the White Sox. But then now we play the Diamondbacks. We didn't play particularly well. And uh, just like you were saying, the ugly – we just saw what about a couple hours ago that uh, Max Scherzer took a ball to the face. He probably broke his nose. I mean, bunting it, yeah, bunting, bunting the ball. I mean, just one of the most fundamental things in baseball. And he just, he probably, he, I mean, he probably can still pitch. He comes out with one of those. It just goes to show that this season, this not even just this season, this team, this city is cursed from the Redskins. To the Nationals, to the Wizards. I mean, everybody sucks. I mean, besides the Capitals, I mean, it's terrible. I, just, so, I mean, I really don't know what I, else. I just want to mention a couple of the signings that you guys garbage. had in the offseason, and so, I think I, this is kind of a big reason why they're so bad. Corbin, forty million, hasn't been good. Trevor Rosenthal. You... Wait, no, wait, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh no, no, he was a great you signing. Were great signing. It, it just hasn't turned out well. I'm, I'm just, I'm just naming some of the signings you had yeah. and just showing that. They haven't turned. Oh, Trevor okay, Rosenthal, okay. you threw seven million at him for the bullpen. He's in the minors right now with a nine. He had a nineteen ERA before he got sent down. Brian, Brian, oh the bullpen's horrible. Brian Dozier Another is hitting two twenty eight. Uh, oh, nine man. million at him. Jan Gomes is hitting two twenty seven. So the moves you've made, I I want to I want to say something to you, Shuey. I want to say something to the the whole you know. DC, every national fan out there, the Nationals front office, I want to say this. It's time to it's time to just accept reality. It's time to it's time to realize you're not competing this year. You're the fourth worst team in the National League right now. You're not going anywhere. Do the right thing and trade Max Scherzer to the Yankees. Do the right thing. And we'll, I, knew, I knew you were about to say <laughs> And that. we will, I, we will include you guys. I know And we'll coming. give you a shout-out during the victory parade. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? They're not selling. What the fuck are you talking about? I, I just want to say. Yeah, NL East yeah, is exactly. so wide open. Really they can be the fourth worst about. team in the league. And they're, how many games are they back right now? Like exactly. Seven? I think eight. I, and we're in June. If they're within 10 games, games, 15 I mean, games, come to trade it, they might – they're not going to sell. They're – Because the Braves could easily lose what – I mean, probably won't happen, but they could easily go lose like their next six or seven games. We can go on on, on a nice little streak here. The Phillies, I don't know what's going on with them. All right, all right. You're, you're... They, they <laughs> no, no, you're right. Tell you what... Right now, they, they suck right now. No, yeah. I mean – <laughs> Yeah, One so I mean, anything for the Nationals is they will not be in fourth place much longer. Wild, They're going to go to so. third place because the Mets might have a worse bullpen than than the Nationals. The Mets just every move that Van Wagen had made was just absolutely horrible. The, they were the team to beat. They and, and listen to their next sixteen games. Just listen to this. They play the Braves, the Cubs, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Yankees. The the Mets their season's over. I, I'm declaring it right now. Syndergaard's on the on the IL. Wheeler's been horrible. The bullpen's been horrible. The Mets season is over. They are terrible. Cano, oh, he's over. He looks horrible. He's 13 RBIs. Uh, they have one bright spot. Pete Alonso. Oh yeah. 
is fantastic. I think he went four for four tonight. Actually, yeah, he had another home run. That, Guy's fantastic. That, as I, as I say that, they destroyed the Braves ten to two. That's only because Jacob Degrom was pitching, and they they actually scored Degrom some runs. That's a first. But the Mets are so bad. We may see Tim Tebow come September in a major league baseball uniform just to get some butts in the seats. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he's in AAA right now. Yeah, just to be there. So he, we may see Tim Tebow come September call ups just to get people to sit and watch a game. And he's a he's a Brody Van Wagenen client. So yeah, no. And as I was saying for the Nationals, just like you said, the division's still wide open. If we sweep the Phillies because we were supposed to play them yesterday and today before it got rained out, yeah, we're gonna have we a doubleheader. We're right tomorrow. Back if the weather, if the rain yeah. stops, I mean this this weather sucks. I, it's ridiculous because it's not raining all day and then it gets if, baseball yeah. time and it's like, all right, time to it's, rain. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, it's not raining here, but it's pouring. the division it's is still pouring. like you said, the division's still wide open and there's still a lot of head to head games to be played. Oh, um, next week we'll talk about the All Star ballot. We'll get into that a little bit more. But, um, yeah, that, that's basically our thoughts on uh, baseball. Let's take a quick break. We're going to wrap up with the mailbag segment. Um, we got a lot of uh, diverse, interesting topics to talk about. So we're going to wrap things up with the mailbag segment when we return. All right, guys, welcome back. It is our favorite time of the week, the mailbag segment. We got some good ones from you guys. Uh, also, shout out to you guys. We always get some pretty good questions from you. Uh, don't be afraid to DM us or email us some questions. We've got them both ways recently. Uh, DM is probably easiest for us to keep track of, but however you guys want to send them in, get them in. The email uh, address, just a reminder, trilogysporting at gmail.com. So let's jump right into this. This is one we had last week we put off because I was away on work. Uh, let's talk about Carson Wentz's contract. What do we think about it? Uh, what are our thoughts? I know this one's going to take off a little here. Uh, so, Shui, why don't you start? What do you think about the Carson Wentz deal? All right. I I think last week I was saying it's a lot of money for a guy that can't stay healthy. And I'm going to just reiterate that once again, it's a lot of money for a guy that can't stay healthy. And uh, I also think, well, you can't really say it's too much money because I guess that's what the market demands for a guy like that in this in this economy in the NFL right now. So I guess that's what you're going to pay him. But like I said, if a guy can't stay healthy and if he's not durable, then, I mean, it's a good thing for other fans. But for the Eagles, I would be very, very concerned. And how long was the deal? It was an extension onto his current deal. So I think he's good through 2022. Okay. So you're expecting him to be healthy. I mean, I four I just, years, I can't, five years, yeah, I, I think. Just, I can't see it happening. And, I mean, you're not going to – Nick Foles isn't walking through those doors. Nope. So, I mean, I just – I can't see it. And, I mean, that's why – that's the one thing I give credit to uh, Dak uh, Prescott for. He can actually stay healthy unlike uh, Carson Wentz. But, hey, it is what it is. So, this is a fantastic deal. I don't know what is wrong with you guys. A top-end quarterback in this market, like she said, what they're demanding, they're all going to get over $30 mil a year. When we see top-end quarterbacks start to sign these large deals now, we've already got QBs getting over 34. What did Russell Wilson just get? 35, 36? But he's a top. Okay, he's more, so he's we're saying Russell Wilson, a top quarterback at $36 million. Carson Wentz extended at $24 million. If you have your franchise quarterback who – 
take away his injuries, this guy was the front runner for MVP. He finished his second year in the league with the best QBR in the entire NFL. Front runner for MVP tore tears his ACL. Comes how back. Can you, come, how can you say take away injuries? I'm not. Like I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying as far as the quality of his play, if Carson at 24 million a year, and this is football money, so it's not all guaranteed. He does have a large chunk of guaranteed money, but we're looking at a four-year sprint here, or four-year segment of if he stays healthy those four years, this is going to be one of the greatest deals we we're talking about. You're going to have I a think- franchise quarterback to build around for 24 million dollars to be able to go out and make the rest of the team better because he's taking a cut gambling that he might not be worth as much, but he's guaranteeing money. And the team's taking a risk saying, look, if you're healthy, this is going to be a great, I mean, even last year playing with broken back hit at 70% completion percentage, which is the best third year quarterback numbers of all time. He had one of the best third years in the league of all time. And people said it was a down year for him and he should sit down because of his back. I mean, I this guy when he plays is a top 10 quarterback in his league. I don't think giving the most guaranteed money of all time to someone who has never played a playoff game is smart. That's I not my money. That's not I, your money. No, but I, I don't think it's smart. Now, now here's the thing. I agree. Uh, uh, paying Carson Wentz, you know, they, they basically gave up so much to get him. So obviously you're not going to let him just walk out the door. But I think it's too soon to pay him. I would have told him, hey, listen, you're going to play a full season. And then we'll pay you. All right, but wait, okay. Carson. Let's say Carson Wentz plays this full season, plays healthy. Let if we're in agreement right here, if Carson Wentz plays a full healthy season, are is he going to have a great season? Yes or no? Just off of what we've seen so far, health wise, if he's I healthy, I, I don't know. That, 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 that's a big if. Broken wrist in 2015, hairline rib fracture in 2016, ACL tear in 2017, fractured back in 2018. It's it's not even the same injury. It's something different every year. This guy's not durable. So you're going to exactly. give – you're going to give – I'm not doubt – Carson Wentz is a very talented quarterback. I am not going to deny that. He is a great quarterback. He, he, he is, like, I, like you said, when healthy, he is one of the best quarterbacks potentially in the league. But he is never healthy, and I don't know how good he's going to – he's never played a playoff game. The Eagles won a Super Bowl, but this guy didn't win – he didn't play a snap. Last year, he got hurt. They made the playoffs. They won out the last couple games of the season because of Nick Foles. Guess what? This year, there's no Nick Foles to come save the day. There doesn't this, need to be Nick. Everyone, Nick Foles. What has Nick Foles ever done outside of Philadelphia? Like, don't take me wrong. Don't take me wrong. I love Nick Foles. He brought the championship to the city. I'll never say a, a bad, bad word against the man. But he's played for four separate teams, and he's never even had a decent year except for the times he's played in this Philadelphia system. But guess what? In the biggest game of his life, he played about as well yeah. as you could possibly play. And look, Carson again, Wentz I'm not taking that away from him. In his life. But we're all oh, Nick Foles isn't going to walk through the doors. But it's not Nick Foles. This is a well-built team. That I, I agree, but it's not about Nick Foles. But what I'm saying is, in the past, you've had the security blanket of if Carson Wentz gets hurt, we have a Super Bowl MVP on the bench. But you now, didn't have that even before that happened, before Nick Foles won MVP and all that, it, people were saying, "Oh God, we have Nick Foles on the bench," right? That's where yeah. we were. Okay, I, so I agree, I, but now, but now, now you have all this money tied into Carson Wentz. So if he gets hurt again, I, let's just say this: I, I think the current with the current market, it's what you're going to do. Dak Prescott's going to get paid. Jared Goff's going to get paid now. But here's the thing: the city of Philadelphia, the Eagles fans, they love Carson Wentz. 
But if Carson Wentz gets hurt again this year, I don't think it's going to be the same reaction. Oh, I think Carson people Wentz are going to start getting fed up. He's going to go crazy. But here's the other difference. We're talking about, oh, they're paying him. I'm saying $24 million is a steal for four years. The Eagles can't draft a quarterback in the first round in the next four years. If you do that, you're just – this team's too well built to go after a quarterback in the first round, right? Because your window to win with the talent they have on offense, their defensive talent, they have like two weak spots on this entire team right now. So your window to win is now. So you can't afford the, I have to draft a rookie quarterback. You have to put this stock in Carson Wentz, hope and pray that you've built your line good enough and he's going to mature and not take those. Carson Wentz takes a lot of hits he doesn't need to take. You're hoping that he matures and doesn't take those hits because if not, you're going after some type of uh, Fitzpatrick, some guy who's going to come in and hopefully play well enough to win the games because you can't afford to develop a quarterback with this team. Your window closes by then. I agree. They, they eat him on the field. I also just think that $66 million is too much guaranteed money. That's not my money. I don't care if it's guaranteed or not. I'm looking at the Eagles have a Super Bowl window till 2022, and without Carson Wentz, they don't win another Super Bowl anyway. So I'm cool giving him the money. I think it's a great deal. If he's healthy and he plays, your franchise quarterback only costs $24 million, and all that other money can go to improving other players, bringing guys like Malcolm Jenkins back on contracts he wants to play for, guys that deserve it. And it makes a ton of sense. And again, comes down to the health, but with your window, you match your franchise quarterback to the window because at this point you can't afford to develop one. Dak's going to get paid. Goff's going to get paid. And they're all going to be in the 30s. Paid. I get all- every single one of those quarterbacks is going to be in the 30 million, which makes this contract look that much better. And you know, yeah, I was going to say, you know who doesn't have to worry about paying a quarterback? The Redskins. The Giants. The- uh, no, the Giants are paying a quarterback. For How much for- is Eli making? Uh, Twenty-two million, but only for one more million. year. Oh, we're paying him. We're paying him off his reputation. For I'll, what? I'll <laughs> gladly, I'll gladly pay a two-time Super Bowl MVP as much money as he wants. How long ago was that? It what doesn't matter. Two thousand eleven. It was keep, within. It was within the last ten years. Both of them. Keep, so. keep that same energy when he throws twenty picks. Yeah, he ain't he ain't throwing twenty picks. I'm man. pretty sure I've seen a bunch of Twitter rants from you about how bad Eli is this year, exactly. and then you turned back on it and said it's not Eli, it's a line. When he has time, he's. We have an offensive line this year. We've got you weapons. Think, you I, think you have that? I can't wait for football season. Let's just yeah, say that. We'll say. We'll see. Um. Let's All right. Move. Let's move on. Yeah, we took a lot of time on this question. Next question. Um, this was something, Matt, you actually posted it on Twitter. Um, we actually got a good uh, amount of responses back. Make your best lineup with Yankees, Phillies, national players. Let's go around real quick. Um, I'll start off. I, I'm not saying this because I'm a Yankee fan. Honestly, I'd keep the, the exact Yankee team. I would just add – I would put Rendon at third, and I would put uh, Bryce Harper as – I guess as DH. I'd put Bryce Harper, and I would put Encarnacion, and I guess I'd put him over Voight at first. But yeah, I, I keep the Yankees, the Yankees' entire team. Matt, you can go ahead. All right, uh, at catcher, I'm going JT Romuto because at DH, I am putting Gary Sanchez. Uh, I don't just don't think you're taking away the ability to have two good hitting catchers, especially what Gary Sanchez brings offensively, uh, what JT brings defensively. So I'd want both of those on my team. Uh, first base, Reese Hoskins has 49 RBIs this year, hits for average. Uh, plays great defense, so I'm putting him there. Second base, uh, I thought this one through. I'm going DJ LeMayhew at second base. Shortstop, I'm basing this off of this year only, not stats or going back or anything. Scott Kingery batting 340, starting shortstop. 
Third base, no-brainer, Anthony Rendon. Uh, this should be everybody's probably the best third baseman in the league at this point. I mean, Machado and Arenado, but – or Arenado. I don't know why I said Arenado. Um, Arenado, uh, but I think Rendon's best third baseman in the game. Uh, outfield is Stanton, Judge, and Harper, and my starting pitcher is Max Serger. Who plays, who plays center, though, out of that? Harper, I guess. <sighs> I, Harper with the speed, he does have a good arm. All three of them actually have really good arms. I, I think Judge would be uh, capable of playing center, but yeah, I mean Bryce Harper hasn't had the best career defensively, um, but I'm not going to want to take 50 RBIs and his big swing bat out of there. Um, and he does have the tools to play any spot out there. All of them do. I just anyone but Stanton yeah. could play center field to me. The other two is fine. Yep. Uh, for me, I have a couple. Well, actually. I have most of the same people you have. The only thing is the DH I put uh Encarnacion, uh Hoskins at first base. Uh I too have LeMahieu at second. Uh Rendon at third. I'll come back to shortstop. Um catcher, I have Sanchez. My outfield is the exact same as Matt's and my starting pitcher is also Scherzer. So uh second base not second baseman, a shortstop. Uh who did you guys have? I had DD. He had DD. I took Scott Kingery. And I feel we weren't getting a love. <laughs> so I'm going to put Trey Turner at shortstop. And uh, yeah, he's having a decent season. And uh, I think he deserves some consideration. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's pretty well balanced. Uh, All right. Uh, next, next, ahead, next topic. Um, LeVar Ball. Um, why are we even talking about this clown? But um, the question that we got in was, why does LeVar Ball open his mouth? Look, I have no, I have no problem with this. Did you I hear it? Hilarious. Did you hear what I he thought, said to Jalen Rose's wife, Mrs. Molly? Look, man, I he didn't she, mean I that like that. He didn't mean it like that, and she blew it out of place. Yeah, she blew that up. But like here's that. the thing. You can say anything you want about LeVar Ball, but he's doing exactly what he wants. We're talking about it right now at 10 o'clock at night on a Tuesday when it's not even basketball season anymore. We're talking about LeVar Ball and the Ball family. This man is doing exactly what he wants to us. I have no problem with what he said. I mean, obviously, you can misconstrue it, but he didn't. He obviously didn't mean it that way, and she blew it up more than it was. Even Stephen A. and Max, they made they made too much out of it. He really – he honestly didn't mean that from what – and he said it too. He said, that's not what I meant. He was like, I, I, if you want to change gears – we can change gears anytime you want. Like it's fine. Yeah. So I mean, he's a, he's a happily married man. Yeah, yeah. they've been Why, married for years. Cancer, like, like, like I think it's corny how the media tries to like. Even though he does have a loud mouth, but at the end of the day, the dude's a good father. He's putting his kids in position to win and to be top picks. I mean, Lonzo was what the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lamelo. Oh, yeah, where's Lamelo go or, or uh, Angelo going tomorrow night? Oh. uh... He's, I, think he's done, <laughs> I think he's done with basketball. Uh, I, I, I think the thing, the thing with LeVar is if you just don't take him too seriously, I think he's hilarious. Like, just for example, the other day he said, I always, I, I want, it was all part of the plan. I wanted Lonzo to go to New Orleans. Like, come on. And, Some, and, then, and then he said that uh, um, LaMelo is going to be the number one no pick. Like, Look, you just can't take him right. seriously. No, but there's a chance he could be the he's he right now he's projected as the number three overall. He's like pick. six eight now. He's grown. Yeah, but here's the kid, thing: where's he nice. playing next year? Overseas? He's playing, he's playing in Australia. 
also going over to Australia, Kenyon Martin's uh, son. And uh, they also have another guy that's supposed to be a top 10 pick going over there as well. Yeah. So it's not like he's playing with a bunch of scrubs. No, Those, but, well, we talk about LeVar Ball and, being, like I said, being good for media and stuff. But some of the decisions he's done for his kids, ha- I mean, pulling Jello out of UCLA, putting his 17-year-old kid to play – European professional basketball. I mean, what's wrong, but what's wrong with that? Look at where he is now. Look, yeah, we're saying look where he is now, where he's playing. First off, that didn't work out for them. They got almost no exposure who? for who? To who? I actually watched a couple of those Lithuanian I games. games. I watched games. They got a lot of people watching those games. I, on Facebook. Watching those games, but when we're talking about talent and evaluation, those kids playing at UCLA or playing somewhere college basketball are going to get more exposure to scouts than they're going to get. Playing overseas. Everybody, you know, knew, everybody knew his uh, what's his name, Leangelo was not going to be very good. So, and we don't know he could be set monetary wise for, for life. I mean, obviously the ball brand is is working. No, nah, I thought uh, they shut the brand down. Brand. Dead. No, I'm talking. I mean, not nah, they shut the triple B's down. No, nah, I thought it was just Lonzo. Uh, maybe Lonzo pulled out. Pulled out. Because yeah. the one the one dude was extorting money from yeah. uh... right. Lonzo pulled out, but that doesn't mean the brand's dead. And also they they're good. I mean they're good. I think they're good on money. I think they were millionaires before Lonzo even came up though. I think they had money. I mean they yeah, live in Chino Hills. That's a yeah. high end area. Good right. good good for Lavar. Good for Lavar. Yeah. <laughs> keep 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 running your mouth. Stay in your lane. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> Uh, let's get into the NBA free agent predictions. We like to make a lot of predictions on the show. We like to, uh, you know, say we like to stay with our picks and, and, and stick with them. Let's go on the record and let's say where we think each of the big free agents are going to go. Sure. You um, want to kick it off? Yeah. Uh, do you want to just say the name? I like, you just say the names. Yeah. Each yeah. Person just says, yeah. Let's yeah. eat. Let's each say where we think that per- person's going. All right. Okay, the uh, first person's Clay Thompson. Where do you think he's going? I think uh, he stays in Golden State. Agree. I agree. Yep, agree. Okay, the next person is uh, Kevin Durant. I think he stays at Golden State, but on a one-year deal, and then he goes to uh, another team. I think that uh, – well, he came out and said that that's his last resort. I truly believe he's going to get max offers. I truly believe there's going to be multiple max offers – and I truly believe that Kevin Durant will be a New York Nick. <laughs> I think it. I think it's the best move. Let let them be a bad again this year. We'll get another good draft pick next year, and then Kevin Durant will be back, and the Knicks will be ready to go. Kevin Durant will be a Nick. Kevin Durant will be an LA Clipper. Okay, hmm. I think it's a similar situation to the Knicks, where they have a good young core. They made the playoffs this year. They don't need him to come in next year. They're not going to compete right away, but they have good young players that can still develop. They can get themselves a decent pick again, and they have a ton of salary space. Okay, okay. Uh, next person is uh, Kyrie. I think he goes to Brooklyn. It seems like the obvious one. Yeah, yeah I agree. He signed with uh, Rock Nation. Um, he's been looking at houses in New York. He's He grew up a Nets fan. I think it's uh, a, a no-brainer there for Kyrie. Yeah, and I also heard that he's not really like he's distancing himself from the uh, Celtics, so clearly that bridge is probably burned. Oh yeah, no, uh, no doubt he's not going back to the Celtics. Yeah, All right. And uh, the next person is uh, Kemba Walker. I think Kemba Walker goes to the Knicks. Uh, I think you're hearing that he said he'll take a pay cut 
to stay in Charlotte, but I doubt that happens. Um, I, I I was torn on this one. I think the Hornets are are, are a top option, but I also think uh, another good fit, and and apparently this team has made it their top priority is, is Kemba Walker. The Dallas Mavericks. I think they have they have some money to spend. I think with Luca, Porzingis, and Kemba Walker, that'd be a hell of a core. Obviously, Kemba can kind of play off the ball a little bit, and and Luca would primarily run the point guard. But I think that would be a, a tremendous fit to build a team around those three. Yeah, I think he stays in New Orleans. Uh, it's just too much money to lose, and Charlotte, they're gonna or Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, not New Orleans anyway. Stays in Charlotte. They, they're they just gonna pay him. Paid. Yeah, they're gonna pay him more money. I mean, it's about money, and they can pay him the like what forty million dollar difference. I mean, if he if he wants to just have a career of uh, obscurity, then go for it. Right. Forty million dollars. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to win, but uh, the next person is uh, Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler stays in Philly. Uh, I I agree. I think he's going to stay in Philly. I I I think I thought the Lakers kind of had a shot, but I I think they sh- they'd be better off, uh, you know, spreading that money around. I think the Nets are also another option, but I think ultimately he'll end up staying with the Sixers. <clears throat> Run it back, bringing it back, staying in Philly. Okay. <laughs> run, run, it run it back. It back. Another, second ra- another second round exit. Hey, if Joel Embiid doesn't get – we're not going to talk what ifs. Keep it moving. <laughs> All right. The next person is also a current, I guess you'd say, uh, sixer, Tobias Harris. I actually think he goes to Brooklyn. They'll mm-hmm. have money for someone. I don't think they'll get anyone else besides Kyrie Irving for that max slot, so they have to pay someone like a Tobias Harris. I, I 100% agree. I think Tobias Harris, I've, I've actually thought this for years, that he's a perfect fit for that next team. I, I just If you're going to sign Tobias Harris, I, I just think that they'd be better off keeping D'Angelo Russell and not signing Kyrie Irving. But they seem to be all in on Kyrie. I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think Kyrie and Tobias Harris will both end up uh, as Brooklyn Nets. I think Tobias Harris ends up in L.A. I haven't decided if – the Lakers can make the room for him to go out there. I think he's a really good fit with that team. Uh, but the Clippers could be a nice reunion. If The only heartbreak for him is he's mentioned how many times he hates being traded. Uh, but I think the Clippers have an opportunity to sign two max players this summer. Do you think, 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 think they bring him back? Do you think Tobias will get a max? I, I don't know. I, I mean, don't. it's a, a market. I mean, we're looking at eight top free agents right now, and Tobias Harris is one of them. He's probably Harrison seven. Barnes got a max contract, right? And, yeah. yeah, and and borderline, it just borderline depends on the market. Borderline yeah. guys that we don't have on here: Nikola Vukovic and Al Horford. I don't think they'll get maxes, but they're also you know top end free Body agents. Pieces, yeah, uh, I think Tobias Harris is a step above those guys, and I think because of his age, you know, he, he'll. I think he'll get a max. I think some team will get desperate and overpay. Okay, the next guy is D'Angelo Russell. I think he goes to Phoenix. They are in dire need of a point guard, and he is blossoming into the player that most people expected him to be, and I think he goes to uh, Phoenix. I think that that would be a great fit. I mean, Phoenix is a a team, we've said, has so many good young players. They just need something to take them to the next step. Um, I I love him on Brooklyn. Like, I really – I think it's a a mistake getting rid of him and, and, and signing Kyrie Irving. I think he'd be a good fit on the Pacers. But here's my prediction. I think the Knicks will try to sign D'Angelo Russell. I think he's proven he can play in New York. 
I think I, I love his attitude. I think the Knicks, they have obviously the second max slot. I want D'Angelo Russell on the Knicks. Let him let him run the point this year. Let let him play with Dennis Smith and, and, and some other guys and RJ Barrett and the young guys that they have. I think it'd be a great fit. And the next year you've got D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant. Let's let's get D'Angelo Russell as a New York Nick. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I, I have him going to New York as well. I think that's the only big free agent the Knicks get this year, summer. Uh, I'll be happy with Russell. that. Yeah. Ice in his veins. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I think the last one we had here was what, DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah. Yep. Honestly, I have no idea where this guy is going. <laughs> uh, it just, you don't know if he wants the money, if he's trying to win. Is he healthy? Is he healthy? I mean, it's just. It's kind of confusing to me because I don't think he stays in Golden State. And uh, I'm really torn on what team. But right now, I mean, I know you might say the Lakers, but honestly, I really don't know. I don't know where he could go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Lakers. I think him and Anthony Davis had a, had a good thing going in New Orleans. I think uh, LeBron could really feed off, you know, a big man uh, down low. And if he's healthy, I don't think he'll get a long-term contract, but I think, you know, a nice two-year contract. Um, I think he'll fit in and going off the theme of him trying to, you know, chase rings. Uh, it didn't work going to golden state, but um, obviously the Lakers could be a contender for a championship. So I, I think he'll go to the Lakers. And I don't think the Lakers have the money for him. Um, I was thinking about this. What about the Mavericks? This seems like a typical Mark Cuban strikes out everywhere else overspends when a guy coming off an injury or just throws money at a big man. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time he locked a guy in a house to try and sign him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if he fits in their culture or fits what they want to do, uh, but I could imagine him getting more money because I don't think anyone's going to give DeMarcus Cousins a ton of money right now because, like you said, no is way. he healthy? But I think Mark Cuban might throw the most at him. Right. Yeah, uh, well, with, with, with KP like at the four. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, one, free was- agent, one free agent we actually left off I want to throw in real quick. Carmelo Anthony. Shut up. Next. Like said, that will <laughs> – Wrap up our. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even think he plays next season, but uh, I think he'd be a great fit on the Lakers. He <laughs> said that last year too. He would have. He would have. You um, know but, why uh, don't the Lakers <laughs> trade for Chris Ball? Get the whole banana boat together. I, I think David Stern would step in and veto that trade. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right, um, let's wrap it. Let's kind of wrap it through the the final three questions we have here. This is just maybe the most <laughs> ran, random question I've ever uh, seen. For $1 million, there is a snail that follows you around for the rest of your life. If it ever touches you, you will die. Do you take that deal? (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying saying no. Because how am I supposed to sleep? So I want to just jump in and say, what is stopping me from taking a shovel and just destroying and killing that snail? Is that part of the thing? You don't get the million. But I don't think... It I has to be alive, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can I like bury it? Like, if if the shovel's touching it and I'm not, is that still all right? I don't know, man. Nah. Look, I did some math on this. So, <laughs> a garden snail moves at point zero two nine miles an hour. If you move across country and live like eighty more years, which God bless if any of us live eighty more years, that thing's never touching me. But now is a million dollars enough to move across the country? What if, I don't what if, think I'm taking the deal. What if somebody has it out for you and they bring the snail to where you are and drop exactly. it? Exactly. 
while you're sleeping, like Shui said, how do you sleep knowing, like, yo, where, like, this, I could be in California and this fucking thing's in Texas on its way. I'm not going to know. Like, I could be at my kid's wedding and this fucking snail done. Like, you don't know. No, it's not not worth it. It's not worth it. (laughs) I'm not taking the money. Uh, Not a million dollars. Ten million dollars, I'm in. So we're all out. Yeah, I'm I'm out. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> well, keep the random questions coming, guys. Uh, and the next question, um, a little bit more on the Wizards. Do you think the Wizards and Pelicans could possibly work out a trade for Bradley Beal? The Pelicans have a lot of trade assets. Obviously, they're, they're acquired from the Lakers. They've got some good young players. Shuey, would you be interested in, in a possible trade uh, for with the Pelicans? No. Would you be po- interested in a trade at all for Bradley Beal? Yes, but it would have to be – I need another – I need, like – I need kind of a marquee young player back. I don't want Lonzo Ball because – not because he's not good. It's just we have John Wall. And, two, I don't want Brandon Ingram. I don't know what's up with his blood clot situation. So, I just – I don't – he hasn't really proven to me that he can be, like, the future guy for for an organization. You already and, had Kelly Oubre. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> even though – I mean, he's a he's little a good bit player. Better. Yeah, he's they're, a good they're, player. They're, they're, they're yeah, similar. Gonna, uh, nah, Ubre's more of a uh, three and D, whereas Ingram is a guy that you give him the ball, he can score. I mean, he can hit the three. He can he can do it all on offense. Defensively, he's a long guy. He can play defense, but it's just then they're told to me they're told two totally different players. But anyway, I still wouldn't do it. I need I need a lot for Bradley Beal because if you're trading all that for AD, you got to give me at least half of that for uh, Bradley Beal. Fair enough. I don't think that trade makes sense for either team. Exactly. Uh, the Pelicans, you just assembled this whole young core, all these draft picks. Why would you trade for a guy like Bradley? They're not going to win now. So why would you trade for a guy that wants to be on a win-now team in Bradley Beal that is going to cost a lot of money? I mean, he's on the max deal, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's on, on the max deal. Nice deal. Have, yeah. And they, only, have, they have Drew Holiday, too. Yeah, and the biggest contract they have is Drew Holiday. So why would you want to do anything to jeopardize cap space when you could have these young core play really well and then entice – I mean, tough to entice a, a player to go to New Orleans, but entice a, a free agent in two or three years. I think you don't tie your hands there and you don't give up any assets. And as far as the Wizards side, why would they want to get rid of him? Unless you're trying to clear cap space, but – why would you want any of those young guys? Because none of them are good enough. They're, none of them are Bradley Beal, right? So why would you make that move? I agree. I and, totally agree. Yeah. And let, I mean, I don't know what your guys' draft pick situation is, but unless they're throwing some of those draft picks in, it's, I don't think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it would be a total, a total rebuild move for the, the Wizards, which I mean, yeah. they're, they're in a bad spot anyway. But uh, yeah, I agree as well. Um, last question. Uh, we all have our, our sports memories and we all have our favorite teams and, you know, things have kind of gone bad for some of them. If there's one move that you could change that would historically impact the history of your franchise, what would that move be? I think it's a great question. Um, I'll start off. I will say, I think that this move set the organization back so many years and we're still suffering for this move. I think the Knicks hiring Phil Jackson was the single worst thing that that could have happened that for years there were players that didn't want to play in that triangle offense. It drove so many players out uh, from, you know, simple as uh, Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks wanted to take Donovan Mitchell. 
Phil Jackson said it didn't. He didn't fit into the triangle offense. I could go on. I could name you know trades for Samuel Dallenbear. It was just bad. I, I still think Phil Jackson was intentionally hired to sabotage the Knicks organization. Uh, there's no other explanation. He he was like a senile old man that just came in and just just made things ten times worse, and we're still dealing with the consequences. So that's that's what I would say. I think the Knicks would be in a lot better shape today if Phil Jackson never. Uh, was the president or whatever the hell he was with the Knicks. Shui? Uh, for me, it's we never should have hired Ernie Grunfeld. Uh, clearly, I just read you about six or seven guys <laughs> he drafted since he's been there, and uh, that right there says it all. I don't really need to say much more. If he didn't draft – I mean, if we had a better GM, we probably would have had a lot better players over the years. I mean, think of all the players that we've passed up. Just like the Knicks, they've passed up. You've passed up on so many great players. So, uh, and all these trades and signings that this guy's giving away free money, all these bad contracts. I mean, I think we were still just paying Gilbert Arenas up until like two years ago. So, I mean, it's just the guys, he's terrible. He's awful. I'm glad he's gone. And he's definitely the worst. Uh, we never should have hired him. Trading up to draft Markel Fultz. <laughs> The assets they gave up to trade up, and then you draft Markel Fultz. In my mind, especially looking at the outcome this year with Golden State being hurt, if you take anybody at three, even a Jason Tatum or anybody at three, and then we probably don't draft Zaire Smith if we don't draft Markel Fultz that year. So you add in two quality top five players or top – what Zaire Smith was the 12th pick. So Mm -hmm. a top three pick and then a 12th pick of draft. Those are usually guys that are contributing to your team. If you add two more contributing pieces to that Sixers team, I think they win a championship this year because Golden State being injured. I think taking Toronto to Game 7 on the Kawhi clutch shot, I, I think if you add two quality pieces, especially if one of them is a big man, a backup behind Embiid, with Golden State being hurt, the Sixers win a championship this year. So that Markel Fultz thing, in my opinion, reshaped the franchise there because you took him first overall and then traded him for nothing. All right, so that uh, wraps up our mailbag. And before we end the show here, uh, we've been running this uh, contest for the last couple of weeks, and we were going to give we're giving away a hundred dollars. Uh, all you had to do was subscribe um, and show us, you know, a, a screenshot of it. We're here to announce the winner, Matt. I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, first off, thank you guys uh, for all the entries. Uh, you did make it difficult because there were multiple ways to enter, so I had to write all of these down and then put them into a generator website. And some of you had multiple entries for the different ways. Uh, So this took a lot of time. So thanks, guys. (laughs) Uh, But let's run it right now. And the winner is at Gina underscore Pacifico, I think. Yeah, Gina. It looks like Pacifico to me. All Um, right. So, Gina, you're our winner. Uh, DM us. uh, Get us your Venmo. We'll get you over the $100 here. Uh, Sure, that means you actually have to send me that $50 still, too. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we'll get that out to you. But again, thank you guys all for participating, um, helping us grow. Subscribe to us again. Uh, we're going to keep trying to do fun stuff like this for you guys. But in order to do that, uh, we have to see some growth uh, for us to invest in you guys. We need you guys to invest in us a little bit, just with your time and just giving us your listens and feedback too. Some of you guys have reached out to us with stuff you like, stuff you don't like. Uh, if you like anything about it and you're going to keep listening, don't be afraid to tell us what you want to hear or, some things you'd like to see us talk about. I mean, we're doing this. We love talking about sports, but because we want an audience to talk to you. So that's where you guys get involved. 
Yeah, definitely. I couldn't have said it better. Um, yeah, keep keep listening. Keep giving us feedback. That's the, that's the biggest thing. We want to, uh, you know, keep obviously keep talking sports, but we want to, um, you know, make you guys happy and want you guys to keep listening and tuning in and continue to grow. So um, with that said, uh, I think wraps up probably our most action-packed episode of the podcast to date uh, and lots more coming here in the future. Uh, any final thoughts here before we wrap up? As I look, hammering Cameron Mabin hits another home run. So increasing stock even more. Any final thoughts uh, here, you guys, before we wrap up? Uh, for me, just thanks again, guys, for listening. Make sure you check out my uh, gambling play of the week. Uh, get on that. I think it's a, I think it's a winner. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Sure you will never lose back-to-back weeks, I promise you. <laughs> the bold promise. We, we will see you next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good night. See you. Or day. Or evening. <laughs> <laughs>